0: Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of Owls—Michael, the dad, me, and Hank, the son—discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I am your co-host,
1: Michael Owl, and I am here with Hank Owl. Happy New Year, buddy! Happy New Year! It's uh, the year twenty twenty two. It is indeed. That's crazy.
0: It is crazy. A what little are, bit crazy. What are
1: you gonna do with this year that you got right in front of you?
0: Man, I'm gonna 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 make it through it.
1: That's hopeful. That's my I, goal. I, my New Year's resolution is to make it all 365 <laughs> days.
0: There we go. I like that goal. I will be very pleased if you make that goal. When,
1: destroyed if you don't
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> be so pretty pretty let's, let's get off that topic yeah
1: frankly I'm <laughs> I yeah I, I'll be pretty devastated if I don't <laughs> I bet If I't make it all 365 uh how has your first two days of the new year been up uh, uh, pretty nothing pretty fine pretty Dude, pretty well, good like I haven't even I haven't even put up uh a 2022 calendar so I'm a little bit slow
0: so you don't even know that it really is
1: 2022. Yeah, it's I just mean, been December 31st forever.
0: <laughs> you could still not be knowing what's going on. Um, so it's a new year, New Year's Eve. In the last few years, that means one thing. I, I don't know I,
1: cornbread and I don't black know peas I don't know and what and that means. And, I, and ham, I think that means that. Oh, that's uh, well, not really related to what we're. T- I thought you were going to segue uh, into what we're talking about.
0: I was, I was, but I was skipping what we're talking about first. So I apologize for that. <laughs> oh, I, I tried to backtrack on that.
1: Oh, okay. So, but uh, we're really good at this.
0: We are. So, it
1: it's. Uh, I feel anticipation. You do what specifically? What what for? Well, I'm curious. It's a new year. There's going to be all new movies. Yeah, lots of lots of movies to be releasing, and we uh, and we last year, uh, so I guess uh, a little over a year ago, since we're doing this January second as opposed to January first. We uh, started a podcast about the New Year's Day special of Doctor Who by doing our three, or each of our three most anticipated movies for the year that it uh, currently is in. It was 2021. Last year, uh, I believe a number one was Dune, and now we're doing 2022. If you're wondering, like where certain things are on our lists, uh, we were using uh, firstshowing.net to as our kind of reference for what's coming out in 2022 and we're only doing stuff that has like release dates in 2022 like um i know we're both pretty excited for martin scorsese's upcoming film killers of the flower moon but since that is just in the vague ether and will probably come out in 2022 but we can't really know that Like Stuff like that doesn't count for our list. Alex Garland's new film does not count for our list, even though that's stuff we would normally be pretty excited about.
0: Yeah, that's very true. So if it doesn't have a release date uh, named at this point, we are not covering it, just as we are not including movies that had release dates in 2021, but that we have not seen uh, for either We Missed Them or... They just have not been released in our market, yeah, or like
1: streaming just yet. Like uh, the wor- the the worst woman in the world. No, the worst wor- person in the, wor- person of the person world. world.
0: Though I wrote down worst woman in the world too, so maybe maybe it is was one of those two.
1: It's the worst person in the world. Okay, well, I would like to see that. Like that's that's a movie that is a 2021 movie. It was on people's best of the year lists for 2021, but is not available for the average consumer to see until 2022 stuff like that though we may be excited for it does not count since it's technically a 2021 movie even though you know no one was really able to see it then
0: exactly all right so that's our criteria hank you want to go three two one and tell us we'll do both do threes and then twos and ones
1: uh yeah, that makes sense. Although I will mention that both of our ones and twos are the same. <laughs> That's right. No suspense. We're, we're, we're really, we're really. Uh, I, I guess we're, we're similar people. We we are, and we are indeed. Is there any want to say any want to say overall like statements about just like I don't know anything you noticed looking uh, through twenty twenty two releases?
0: No, just that there seems to be a really wide variety of uh, you know popcorn movies and independent features coming up, and kind of intrigued for a lot of them. I think these last few weeks, listening to critics' top tens from this past year has made me more excited about kind of smaller, maybe foreign, maybe odd independent films more than um, larger blockbusters. And I guess I've kind of a little bit leaned that way anyways, but now I feel like I'm now I'm more excited about that just because there's all these films out there that I never even heard of that I'm, that I'm intrigued to see.
1: Yeah, I, How about uh, you? I feel similarly. I guess less in like the new passion, excuse me, for smaller movies, but more in like a lack of passion for the bigger movies. Like <laughs> yeah. I was going through and I'm like, who cares? I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's somebody who cares. So I don't mean to insult those looking forward to Aquaman 2, but like, oh, I was looking through that. I'm like, I don't,
0: eh, eh, Yeah. Eh. Most of them. I don't want to do that. One thing I noticed when you were, when we're going through and you were kind of describing the movie- I'd be like, oh, that sounds really interesting. You know, that could, that could be really good. And then you would show me the poster or you would tell me who was in it or who directed it, and then all my enthusiasm would fall away. Which, uh, you know, I'm not going to get excited about the Michael Bay film, no matter how cool I like the premise. I just know it's going to be Michael Bay.
1: It's going to be not my taste. It's like, I think there's a, there a movie, what was it, with like train assassins?
0: you like so. that sounds
1: pretty good, and then like you like you showed you the cast. You're like, oh no, never mind. That's not
0: good. <laughs> right, you just know it's not going to be handled the way you want it to be handled. I don't know, uh, but at any rate, so let's uh, let me hear your number third and most third anticipated movie for 2022.
1: Uh, my third most anticipated movie, and I I did a similar thing to what I did uh, last year, which is I'm not really picking stuff that is like. Make like that i'm going to be all that disappointed if it actually turns out to be not very good <laughs> so it's uh, it's almost again like a reverse psychology you're hedging your bets but i I think state. that that works uh, better but my my number three is the unbearable weight of massive talent
0: okay, tell me about this one. This one does sound intriguing to me too
1: It sounds really fun and crazy it is has stars Nicholas Cage playing himself as, like, a cash-strapped, uh, as a cash-strapped Nicolas Cage, and it's kind of maybe, maybe playing on the fact that we've seen him doing more, more B-movies, uh, as of late, uh, kind of working as, like, an FBI informant to, like, a big Nicolas Cage fan, who, like, also happens to be involved with the, like, cartel or or organized crime, I think, that that person's played by Pedro Pascal, And there's something in the description about like a Tarantino film or like maybe Nicolas Cage gets cast in a Tarantino film or there's something. It just seems very like meta and fun and cool (laughs) and an excuse to go like through the backlogs of like weird Nicolas Cage performances. Yeah, that will be fun to do
0: and there are plenty of them.
1: So I'm just, I don't know, that just seems like a lot of fun and that, that, that hits the category of like I'm not really gonna care if it's like all that bad, but like I think it's a chance to have a really fun time in the movie theater.
0: Uh, who is directing that? Do you know? Do you remember?
1: I'm not. I'm not sure. It was no. I don't think it's like a particularly notable name for, for us. At least commercial for, for us. Yeah, like, Commerci- commercial. Clearly notable yeah. for somebody. Yes, and lots of people. Not, not like yeah. It's not like James Cameron. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Uh, yeah, that seems really intriguing to me, especially the whole Tarantino movie part of it. I hope they kind of play up on some of the tropes on that and maybe his audition, like he has to go barefoot during his audition,
1: yeah. uh, but probably not. Probably be smarter than to go with that, the, the, the easiest Tarantino joke. Wow.
0: Ouch. That hurt, Hank. How it hurts. That was one of, that's a joke you say often. I,
1: I know. And then you just brutalize me on the, that. The
0: movie should be better than me. <laughs> Uh, My third is I know zero about it Except for the director and writer And that's uh, Jordan Peele And his third movie Nope And a little bit uh, I'm just intrigued Because even if I don't like it I know the premise will be interesting And I know it will be well executed Uh, I loved Get Out I did not like Up Us (laughs) (laughs) I actually did like Up I did not like Us Um, So I'm just But it'll be fun I enjoyed uh, watching Us And I'll be curious to see what this is
1: did, nope. Do you, do you know the do you know the cast?
0: No, I thought I thought it was I thought nothing was known about this. I thought. Oh, it's Daniel
1: did Kaluuya again. It's Stephen Yun.
0: Oh yeah, we did talk about that. Those are I love the both of those. Yeah
1: wow. yeah. Um, do you remember anybody else? Ah, uh, there's a there's another notable name that I'm blanking on right now. Um, the poster looked very intriguing. Like I think it may seems like alien related.
0: Oh, I dig me some lo- aliens. the poster
1: looks a little like classic, like flying sorcery. Little, although it may just be like a abnormal shape of clouds. It's I don't know. It's hard to tell. Or it could a be. A,
0: l- could be a plate.
1: Let's see. That's true. Uh, there's uh yeah. There's a lot of intriguing mystery mystery around this movie. Obviously. Oh uh, yeah, I'm pulling it up now. Very good.
0: Uh yeah. It, oh wow. Yeah. It's very. It's like there's a mountain. There's like a little city or development below it, green fields, and yeah, like a circle of like extra dense clouds with other dense clouds and a mountain behind it. It really looks very cool. And some little thing kind of trailing down. Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, yeah, I'm excited. And the third name on here, so we've got uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya
1: uh, Stephen Yun, and then uh, Kiki Palmer. There we go. That's what I was thinking of. One of the Kikis that are dominating 2022. Yeah, there's a lot of Kikis. It's a big year for Kiki's. Kiki's uh, everywhere should be celebrating.
0: There you go. So, all right. So what, is, what are our number two films?
1: A number two film, and this is definitely in the category of, I like, I couldn't care less if it's actually bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it was on, it was not on your, so this was a movie that was on my 2021 most anticipated list. And did not end up coming out in 2021. It was delayed back to 2022 and it has remained in the same spot it was on before and has now uh, made it to your list. That is the Bob's Burgers movie. Yeah. Which, uh, at worst, still succeeds at being an excuse to watch the Simpsons movie.
0: Indeed it does. It'll be fun to compare the two. And honestly, like, what is it going to be, 90 Minutes? I bet we laugh out loud five times at least.
1: Yeah. We, we, That's my over-under. We very much enjoy Bob's Burgers, and I... It was just a long Bob's Burgers episode. I, it, I'd be happy with that.
0: Any, uh, any uh, random predictions for the plot? This is a cold question, so... <laughs> I don't know. Like, what's, What is going to be Bob's hero's journey? Or, or will Bob be the protagonist, or the family, you know, the ensemble piece?
1: It'll probably be like more kid-related, you would think. What do you mean? No, because that's I feel like one of the kids will be the protagonist. Yeah, like well, <laughs> Jesus, I'm I'm trying to I, I can't even remember anybody's name. <laughs> I can't remember anybody's. There's names. Louise, there's... Louise. That's what I'm thinking of. Isn't like Louise like the kind of the mainstay character? Like that too. I, that's who, I, like I mean, obviously pretty, uh, Jean is is our favorite. Yeah, and, Jean Jean's and, amazing and is
0: the best. But uh, will this be a restaurant war? Will this be? I don't know. I'm fascinated.
1: I can Road imagine trip like movie? like the fish odors. Being involved in this, (laughs) oh yes, Uh, uh, I'm excited. It could be they could go so many ways with it. I hope it doesn't try to. I don't know really what I mean by this. I hope it doesn't try to like go too big. Like I feel like the ideal form in my mind of like a TV movie or not a TV movie, but a movie spawning from a TV show. It's just a longer episode of that TV show. Like I like I feel like don't try to do anything like huge Hmm. just like extend a a kind of plot that might belong in a in a normal episode
0: yeah i don't know how that's i don't know if that's i don't know enough about the craft of writing for like a five-act television structure for a sitcom or a three-act or whatever it is these days versus like a movie you know crafting a movie i'm not sure it's that that's i don't i'm sure that works but it might
1: yeah, I have uh, I have faith in them, though. I have faith in them too. I bet it'll be funny. Uh, and what's our number one? Our number one. It's worth mentioning as when we say this number one, that like our most anticipated movies, like they're not really in the latter, later part of the year. You're right. They're not. <laughs> Sorry, I was just. <laughs> I feel like usually, like there's like. Like a big end of the year list, uh, end of the year movie or set of movies that we're looking forward to. Everything's such in flux still, right? That's true.
0: You know, it's hard to it's hard to get excited about something in the fall, and it's hard for them to plan something for the fall.
1: Yeah. And not, like, none of us have Babylon, the the Damien Chiselle film on our list.
0: Does that have a uh, that release has, that date? Has a, that, yeah. What's well, the premise well, of that? At least one?
1: according to firstshowing.net, it seems to be that like Christmas weekend.
0: Okay, that's a long time away. What's the uh, what's the premise of that one?
1: Uh, it's like an old Hollywood like uh, period piece with uh, a lot of notable actors.
0: All right, okay. Like mm. every
1: notable actor,
0: it's hard to get excited about that in general. Then need some more specifics. At least I do.
1: What I'm leading to is, and this is another movie that a long while ago we believed was going to come out in 2021. But we're finally getting in 2022, in March of 2022, and that is The Batman. The Batman. Yes, it's very exciting. We've had three trailers now, each one of them bringing something new to look forward to. I, I'd say we both, and me especially, are big fans of the whole, the whole world of, of Gotham City and the whole, the whole Batman mythos.
0: Yeah, and every trailer I've seen has gotten me excited about it. Nothing's been like, ugh, you know, yet. So cautiously optimistic, right?
1: Yeah, and this is this is, this is one similar to Dune in that like I, I will be kinda heartbroken <laughs> if this is bad. Yeah, I will be a little bit But too. I saw this, you know, speaking of Dune, I think I saw this this pretty good like Dune meme that kinda encapsulates my feeling about uh the Batman. It was like uh the Oscar Isaac like well, like Paul is like, like, what if I don't, you know, step up to be chosen one character? And he's like, "Well, you'll still be like all you ever needed to be, my son." It's like that, where it's like you'll still be a Batman movie, and I'll still be <laughs> pretty happy with that.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. You know, words of uh, words of the father to uh, comfort the son to can comfort the Batman movie. You're still a Batman movie, yes. even if you weren't our favorite. Yeah. But maybe it'll be our favorite.
1: We don't know. Maybe. It looks. I'm really getting excited. I would. From the trailers, I I, I don't want to get too hyped, but I would not be shocked if this becomes our favorite Batman movie.
0: So I know this is not an origin story. This is his second year as Batman, but do we still see the pearls fall onto the concrete or no?
1: I hope not. I don't think they're going to do that. I hope
0: not. It'll take such restraint for them to do it, but I bet they can.
1: Oh, yeah. I I think so. I think so. I'm really interested in how, how this is going to go how like how all the the catwoman and penguin stuff ties into the, to the like Riddler stuff cuz that seems to be the general story is like him like trying to like world's greatest detective the Riddler and try to find that out Detective Comics comics Detective Comics comics <laughs> um, Well
0: that's but, good hope, but do Colin think-
1: Farrell as the penguin looks so fun and just so so nice
0: yeah, that'll be a good fun and interesting stretch stretch for him. Do you think we'll see all of these movies <laughs> versus our uh 220 2021 uh, output of most anticipated movies?
1: I think so if they if they come out. We'll do our part. Yeah, I I I feel like what's good with these cuz the one we didn't see was uh, The Many Saints of Newark from from last. We didn't
0: season. see the, I didn't see James Bond either. did
1: I? That wasn't on your list though. Your official list. You were excited for <laughs> yeah. that. But I, and maybe, maybe it was. Maybe, maybe I had two other lists. That's true. What, you know, it would be funny if, like, you keep bringing uh, No Time to Die up, and I'm like, no, that wasn't on your list. It was in the Heights. But what if I'm wrong? I haven't really gone back to look at it.
0: It clearly should have been on my list, <laughs> whether it was or not, because I can't seem to get it out of my head. I always bring
1: it up uh, in at in random times. But what's good about this is there's not a lot of, like, back watching. That needs to be done. I guess you know, Bob's Burgers. It's a similar thing. It's a it's a movie that spawns from a from a television show. But
0: and an animated one of that because we could also we could do X Files. You know, X Files had a couple of movies. I think
1: that's true. But I feel like it's like no one, no one. I I can't imagine people like starting like season one episode one of bob's burgers like it's not like there's like a continuity oh really i mean there is there's stuff that comes back but like it's not it's not the sopranos
0: right it's not a it's not that kind of narrative storytelling over seasons
1: uh cool you know we're getting a movie length episode of doctor who this year i think are we yeah all right the centennial special i think it's uh 13's last episode and Chip Knoll's last episode of Showrunner.
0: Okay, well, speaking of Doctor Who,
1: yeah, well, well, speaking <laughs> of Doctor Who, how I, long
0: was the episode that we're about to talk about? It was
1: definitely over an hour. Over an hour, I think, plus commercials. Yeah, I think so. I think it might have been like an like like an hour if of you were watching it time. unedited or un uncommercial, unadvertisementalized. unfettered capitalism. Yes, that that thing you said late stage yes <laughs> unfettered late stage <laughs> uh so let's talk about this episode i guess this is one of our
0: traditions i love the uh, doctor who does this i thought the christmas day stuff was fun new year's day stuff is fun too um this was an interesting episode to me i were you what were you feeling going into well,
1: it well let's let's do the traditional <laughs> let's spoiler warning and cruise segue introduce us. Uh, well, yes, this is, we'll be talking about the New Year's Day special of Doctor Who. We will be not we will be spoiling things. The episode was called Eve of the Daleks. Sarah owns and runs Elf Storage, and Nick is a customer who visits his unit every year on New Year's Eve. This year, however, their night turns out to be a little different than planned. This is directed by Annette Loffer. I I I think that, that that's correct. And written by Chris Chibnall with the Daleks being created by Terry Nation. It's got uh, our guys, John Bishop as Dan Lewis, and Mandip Gill as Yasmin Khan and Jodie Whitaker as the Doctor. All right now you can now you can say <laughs> your thing yeah. you were gonna you were gonna say.
0: I don't remember what I was gonna say. But anyway this has been a nice tradition i enjoy watching this always and i like talking about it with you afterwards um, so what how do you want to do this want to go through it
1: talk to me lead me i i think we should we should start with just a nice overview of our of our general opinions and then we can do what we normally do which is devolve into nitpicks <laughs> and, and little problems
0: that sounds good. I will start by saying I was fond of this episode. I thought it was a pretty good episode. Uh, I was nervous going into it, as I seem to be always with the Chibnall episodes. Uh, but I thought this was good. This was fun. It's a time loop story, uh, which which is fun. You know, again, time travel. Doctor Who, to be expected. But this loop is a nice thing. Uh, we've got a couple, potential couple. Uh, we meet in the cold open. It's a pretty long cold open before the uh, credits. And, uh, I thought it was fun, interesting, uh, good acting across the board. Uh, I will enjoy our nitpicks to come later, uh, regarding several things, but I thought the acting was good and I thought the story story was good and we can talk about, this is probably not the time to talk about the, you know, the, the male, the male lead in this and whether he's problematic or not, or how, how, how he is. Um, but yeah, in general, I thought this was a good episode.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with that assessment. I it was a fun episode, and I think it was good, good, better in quality than uh, than most Chibnall episodes are. Like there was there's stuff that was like nice and exciting, and like I like the characters generally. We will you know get into Nick, our our male, I guess you would say romantic lead, uh, for this episode a little a little bit more. But overall, I was like, yeah, there's this this feels nice. The doctor, you know, is feeling more like the doctor, which has been a complaint with how, how Chibnall has written Thirteen. I didn't really have any complaints with how she was portrayed uh, at, at, in this episode, which is nice. And the Daleks felt intimidating, and the story felt, like, simple, and it. I don't think it really, like, ruined itself at the ending, which has kind of been a staple of Chibnall-era episodes... Like, overall, I, was, I, was, I think I was quite happy with this episode, and there's, there is some stuff to like nitpick, and I feel like much better than the other New Year's Day specials.
0: I agree. Let's talk about the Daleks for, for just a second, because they are just a little bit different than what we've seen in the very recent past.
1: Oh, yes, they have, I thought, the, the introduction of, like, they're like a Gatling gun kind of thing. Yeah, like for their.
0: lasers were shooting faster and kind of spinning around like a different little stalk.
1: In the, out whole, of it. In the whole I guess the, the, the kind of theme of like adapting to change is kinda of first shown there with the Daleks. I mean change that's not really a Dalek staple thing to do to, to change.
0: It's <laughs> kinda like their whole they're thing. Pretty
1: consistent. They're they're pretty they're pretty pretty happy with how they are. Exactly. Normally
0: so, like we said, this is a time loop kind of thing. Something happens. All the characters basically are killed by the Daleks, and then they loop back. But a minute, uh, they they loop back a minute later in time, and it's all going culminating at midnight. You know, because of New Year's Eve, there didn't seem to be any maybe logic behind that, other than it just works for the plot and the story. But you know, you kind of built that in, and we go with it. Uh, one of the things I appreciated about it, maybe it's just because of time restraints, but it, I liked that it didn't take the characters all that terribly long to figure out what was going on i thought that was handled perfectly uh and appropriately they had that sense of deja vu they kind of but you know it took them like you know 90 seconds like in screen time to be like okay this is a loop we've done this before i'm glad they didn't labor that point because obviously the audience is way ahead because we've seen in the trailer
1: yeah but i i enjoyed that and i think that adds to this like ending not being awful because like i was a little worried when they set up this kind of like insurmountable task of like well we can't get out and then we're like the the time loop and there's, there's these daleks with these, these gatling guns like i was worried they were going to spend like the entire episode with the daleks being these like terrifying menaces and like how do we do this how do we escape and then like at the last 30 seconds the doctor's like actually my sonic screwdriver can do all this
0: well there was a little bit of that uh not at the very very end but in the whole like final third act and in fact i was waiting for you to make a comment when it happened i was waiting for the rolling of the eyes from you uh and that it didn't happen means they must have done it a little bit smoother than they normally do uh but we can we can get to that uh so besides the main plot of the three uh, the doctor and her two companions, you know, supposedly going on vacation while the TARDIS resets, they end up in the storage unit, uh, where Daleks appear and are killing people. We have the other subplot is the person who works at the self storage unit and actually actually owns it. And then one of her regular customers, do you want to talk about their relationship a little bit?
1: Yeah, I, the, you know, I kind of thought I recognized the, the actress for, um, our kind of our kind of romantic female lead for this one, and I, I believe the actress' name is like Isling Ba. Do you remember that Paul Rudd show, Living with Yourself? No, you did not. What, what? She was the the female lead in that.
0: Oh wow, good for her. Yeah. Never heard right, of that.
1: that's that's totally unrelated. But I liked her. <laughs> yeah. I really liked that character, and I thought she was very like charismatic, but also kind of like she was human mean. in that way. Yeah, she was mean and acerbic but, and But like not but she wasn't like I feel like kind of the mean chibnall era characters or like do you remember like the Trump stand in where it's just like this guy is like awful through and through and I mean I guess, you know, the real life equivalent is awful through and through but <laughs> right. um like this was a person who is behaving mean at some points and actually sometimes I feel like she acts normal in the show. Acts thinks she's acting mean, but like she seems to have regret for it, and I don't know. It seems like an, uh, an abnormally real character. For,
0: yeah, very real
1: for the Chipmunk era,
0: flawed and interesting, and, and and real and funny, even in her meanness. And uh, and she would have moments where she would be mean, and then be like, "Oh yeah, that was a little mean." Yeah, you know, we we all do. We're all mean to some extent at certain occasions. Uh, what did you think about the guy? The guy.
1: No, I didn't like hate it as much as I've seen some online reaction towards.
0: Wait, you mean somebody online is overreacting?
1: I, Never. Yeah. Can't believe it. <laughs> um, I thought the the kind of romantic stuff was pretty nice and like treated in a more nuanced way than it could have been. I think the the, the headline a little bit of a lot of people's reaction is that this Nick guy is a bit of a creep and a bit of like the kind of, do you know the the? You're probably familiar with the the stereotype that's kind of, or the the kind of, the figure, the life figure of the nice guy, which is of course you know existed, for a long time, but has kind of gained new shape in the internet age.
0: I think yeah, I think I know. What do you mean by life figure? I guess are you talking? What are you talking about?
1: I don't know. I guess stereotype would be would okay. Be yeah. the kind of the correct word. Oh uh, yeah, of like the she's gonna Uh, she's gonna get tired with all the the mean confident guys and it's gonna go with me the like (laughs) nice loser
0: exactly she'll notice me standing here quietly in the corner doing nice things or not doing mean things and she'll eventually come to me is that the kind of thing yeah uh yeah so he because he does a couple of things that are odd to troubling one he always comes in new year's eve because he knows she's working there. Because he knows her boyfriend always ditches her on New Year's Eve. It's,
1: it's an employee. Employee? Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was a boyfriend. I don't think that was established.
0: Uh, it felt that way to me, though. I think it may have not have been established. I think that's in the subtext, though. Oh. That, I got that.
1: Oh, I, I did I, not. I, I mean, don't know I, if I'm right on that. I feel like there would be more be more to that. I mean, isn't it like discovered that he lives in the storage unit? Like, I feel like there would be more of like a thing going on between them like I feel like I feel like it just is like an annoying employee I did not I did not pick up on that
0: uh, well, I may, maybe I was reading into that then that that's what I, I got it, I thought it was both but um, keep going
1: no, I, th- I thought you were talking I was but I was I've
0: been derailed <laughs> what was I saying <laughs> okay so okay yeah right, there we go two things he does he goes in and, and New Year's Eve knows she'll be there and then he takes his ex girlfriend's things that, that they may they numerous may have left over and then he puts them into storage and kinda labels them in case they want their stuff back. And that's really weird.
1: That is that is weird personal behavior. And I guess we all do like little weird things, but like if the end goal of this episode is so you want the guy and the girl to like end up like travelling together with some romantic interest. Like, I feel like, no. Just like, no, this guy, no, this, this doesn't, it should, she should not end up with this dude. Well, it would take this creep
0: as it did. Again, creep, really strong word to me. Okay, well. I don't think he's a creep, but it, what it's going to take is aliens coming down through a time portal and having a reset and being killed five times to end up together. Yeah,
1: I would so not. It's, a long, it's may, a long way to go for a relationship. Maybe creep is a strong word. But, like, you just, like... Well, one, the... Our, Red flags everywhere. The established relationship with this guy, from her point of view, is this dude just, like, comes in every New Year's Eve and, like, chit-chats a bit. Yeah. She and doesn't they, even
0: notice him, other than the fact that he's there. Like, she doesn't read it as creepy. Like, she's completely unaware of his affection. Yeah. In the beginning.
1: But then, like, you discover the same time loop day that, uh... That like he like just likes bringing in his like I mean like a tons of like his supposed like girlfriend stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh, just 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 uncomfortable. But I, I will uh, I appreciate the episode for when they kind of have the moment where like the feelings are revealed.
0: Yeah. Well, that, he, he and he does literally die for her. Like it takes him dying for her, trying to save her, for her to be like. You know, so like, you know, I I guess I buy it because of that. Like, you know, there's some extreme stuff going on.
1: That's true. But the the sacrifice he makes didn't, I don't know, it didn't feel very, like, sacrificial to me. It felt like, I don't know like this like, wounded puppy who's like retreating to the Dalek and is trying to make himself feel better, but maybe I, I don't know. I, just, I didn't he, like I didn't, this guy.
0: Yeah, clearly, because I, I would definitely would not describe him as a wounded puppy on that. I thought he I, I mean after, after his he just like well.
1: scolds him for the, the keeping a ton of like the girlfriend's stuff, most, some of which he said were like only for like a couple days. Yeah, and there's like shoes there. But whatever, sorry, 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 <laughs> Jesus, I'm really railing on this guy.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, so, like, it's a long way to go from somebody who has a crush on somebody and is acting obsessively a little bit weirdly, and then somebody who's not even aware of somebody else's existence, but they do go through that because they are killed five times, six times, whatever it is, and go back. So, I, they
1: gradually, I mean, you knew it was going to happen, right, well, but I thought they handled, they treated that fairly well. Okay, and I was about to congratulate the episode that when the kind of moment when affections are revealed that she's like, that's like stalkery, dude. Yes, exactly. Like that, it's kind of treated more normally than I, than I think it like could have been like other, uh, there's a, there's a universe in which this episode, like where he's just like, yeah, I should settle for the nice guy, but like, no, it, they make it seem more plausible and that this guy is maybe like just unconfident and has like closure issues, so I think I, I do think they make it work in the end. Of the episode or able to convince us that like this isn't this isn't awful,
0: right? Uh, yeah, I agree. I thought they did a nice job with that. And you just mentioned something that I think I would forgotten until right now. You just said oh, letting affections be known, or you said I paraphrase what you said. But I don't know if this is the time to talk about the other affections that were brought to light. And what did, I'm curious, we didn't even talk about this, of what, it did, I don't even know if it was mentioned in the review that I read. Um, but there's a, 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 you know, a growing affection from Yaz to the
1: doctor. Oh, are, you, are, you, are you talking about uh, Thasmin, as, as people call it? What does Thasmin mean? It's Thirteen and Yasmin put together. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know.
0: Are they shipping them?
1: I Yeah, I guess so. But, but I guess the, sh- the show is as well. So that's kind of been a thing throughout the Chibnall era where it's like, does Yaz have feelings for 13? I mean, like every companion has feelings for every doctor, so it's going to happen at some point. So yeah, and, but, Donna didn't, but... Yeah, but Donna's, she's, Donna's she was, awesome. She's so. the
0: exception that proves the rule, basically. That was, that was one of the reasons she was notable, is that she did not want to date. <laughs>
1: david said it and was Doctor. and was frankly probably a little unimpressed in the beginning <laughs> yeah which is, com- completely Which i think part of part of uh, the, part the of why, why why people love donna so much
0: yeah and too because we just also been through two companions that
1: you know were head over heels yeah in love with them but I, mean, I i it, it is spoken out loud in this episode and i i, I didn't think it was handled all that poorly it was just—it felt weird that Dan
0: brought it up when he did. that's, yeah, that's that was—that's the part that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like,
1: dude, like it, any sense of timing.
0: Exactly. Again, they only got six minutes, then five minutes, and four minutes, three minutes, and two minutes before the time loop goes on, and like Dan's finding a way to one have a conversation with Yaz about it. Like, hey, why don't you tell her that you like her? I didn't tell the girl I liked that I liked, her and I regret it. And then she's like, nee, I don't know if I to do that. And then, like, the next scene, he, like, tells the doctor, like, hey, I think Yaz wants you, baby. You know? (laughs) It's like,
1: one, you're about to die. Two,
0: what are you doing? Why would you do that to Yaz?
1: I mean, that's so, like, out of place. I'm like, I mean, just, like, one, like, not now, man. Yeah, not now, Dan. (laughs) This is not the time.
0: Yeah. So I thought that was funny. It It didn't feel shoehorned in, but it did feel like, Dan, what are you
1: doing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's like the the next time loop. is like, hey, hey, you know, Yaz. I think Yaz has feelings for you. But that means I think,
0: and I don't know if I'm excited about this, or I don't even know if these other two special episodes are written yet. But I mean, I mean, how much of a subplot, or is this relationship or not relationship between Yaz and Thirteen going to take up? Because I'm not particularly interested in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen it, like, so many times before. And that's why. And also, it's, like, I mean, 13 and, like, and I imagine, you know, by extension, Yaz and Dan don't have, like, that many episodes left. Like, I mean, it can only, we only have these, this is the the first of the the specials.
0: Yeah. So we got two long
1: specials, right, coming up, and that's it? I don't think long, it might be, like, and I haven't looked this up fully I guess i'm I'm a little uninformed. I think we have two more normal episodes and one like movie length episode Oh uh, okay so maybe there is there is time to deal with that more, yeah, speaking of uh a time to deal with things, the flux I saw people were complaining that like not a lot of information has been given to us about how the how the flux affects things I mean. In the final episode of the flux, and I guess that is kind of why this episode is happening. the Daleks sending this kill squad to get the doctor mm. after what we kind of thought was like a full-on genocide while watching the flux finale, but is now like only I mean it's still like millions of deaths, but only like the 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 battle fleet so there's still which I guess the show has to continue to have Daleks and Cybermen and suntarans Right, so they can't kill the entire species or race, whatever it is. But is, is half the universe, or not half the universe, but like a lot of the universe still destroyed?
0: Yeah, I don't know. So this was like, a, yeah, this is a very small, self-contained story. We didn't get any other than the Daleks coming to try to kill the Doctor, which is nothing new for the Daleks. That's what they dig. Um, we got no big picture stuff, really, with this. It was just all a small picture, but I think that's, that was probably smart. You know, uh, yes, we would like those things answered, but like that would—that's a lot to take on. Instead, they gave us kind of a taut, good, short, contained story.
1: No, oh, yeah, but I would—I would like to know. I bet we will.
0: I mean, I'm surely have to be some effect going on in the future, right?
1: Yeah. Um, can I have like a slight nitpick thing here? Well,
0: I think we've talked about this thing without nitpicking for like minutes now. Let's let's—it's time to nitpick.
1: So the Daleks. Are like, hey, doctor, you killed millions of us, you murderer. We're gonna kill you now. She's like, no, no, I didn't. I was just, I, I was just like messing with the Centauran plan. But like, no, no, you like killed like millions of Daleks and Cybermen and Centaurans. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I guess, and I'm like, not sure she cares about killing Daleks, you know, or should like, do we care when Nazis are killed? No. And the Daleks are, you know, worse than Nazis. as bad as Nazis.
1: They're, they're, they are. They were written as, as continue the Nazi to equivalent. be space Nazis. Right,
0: exactly. Um, so, yeah. But she's like, yeah, what are you talking about?
1: <laughs> but I mean, like, and I guess... I guess it's not really the Daleks. The Doctor has never really had a problem with the death of Daleks. Um, but, like, the Cybermen, I guess? It's something new. I mean, there still are, like... Assimilated people in there, but also like the Centaurans. I think the main problem people had is like four episodes prior, she was scolding the British general for killing retreating Centaurans. Then she kills millions of retreating Dalek Cybermen and Centaurans. Were they retreating? Weren't they? They were trying to escape the flux. I mean, well, I, they all didn't they
0: all come to one place to have a big battle?
1: No, to have a big. They were all going to get protection via the the dog people ships that the Centaurans had control of but in reality the Centaurans were going to use it to wipe out the Cybermen and Daleks Uh, okay I gotcha so I guess like that's how the doctor is justifying it where it's like well y'all were going to die anyway (laughs) I guess so yeah that part was a little confusing to me I just made it so that those other people died too
0: yeah I don't know I don't know man that didn't hit me like it did you I and mean, didn't hit the doctor either. Apparently,
1: no, no. But I guess she did say like my past is catching up to me. But was that was that referring to another thing, or was that was that just referring to like that, that mass murder I did?
0: And last if it week? was referring to that, then all your nitpick is invalid because that, then that's she's true. it. So that, I'm curious to see what it was. I didn't get the sense. I, I, I couldn't tell either way. Well,
1: yeah. So at least she was at least, at least there was that given. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to, to continue on from this episode. Never mind the 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 cross country adventures of <laughs> slightly mean woman and nice guy, <laughs> empathetic weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. But like we have, I guess I'll, I'll refer to it as talisman. Still going on. Please, that's, please don't do that. All right, <laughs> Yasmin and thirteen. That'll be dealt with more to the outrage of what, what was it the 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 right wing member of parliament who was like the doctor being a woman is responsible for high crime. <laughs> did you, rem- right. you remember that? I do remember that. That that guy's head's gonna explode. It it probably
0: already did. Yeah, that's very. Although it. I
1: doubt people that complain about that really care about actually watching Doctor Who all that much. Maybe. I don't know. Um But we have that, we have the whole that my past is coming back to, to haunt me. That warning that the, the sentient time gave to the doctor about her destiny's wink wink master. Oh yeah.
0: I just feel like I'm so... I feel like Doctor Who is so confused for me right now and so up in the air and so altered that I definitely don't have my arms around all the mythology of it right now. And I was glad to have this episode where I didn't have to know all that. I could just follow along and understand all of these uh, ramifications that were going on in this particular episode. So I think that may be one of the reasons why I liked it so much.
1: Yeah, and that's... It's very like simple. It's kind of just like escape the daleks. And that, that that's kind of the plot of the episode. Yeah. I think that, that works. That works in its favor. Although I will say that the actual like mechanics of the time loop were a little convoluted.
0: Yeah, there was a weird thing so again they had separated out and to where they were worried, you know, one character wouldn't be brought back in time because he died too early, but then they kind of dropped that concern, you know, later on. And her solution of like misleading uh, the Daleks by using that thing with her screwdriver and echoing off different walls—that did feel a lot to me like one of those very final beats of a story where, oh, I forgot my screwdriver could do this, and it'll change and solve everything. Felt like that to me, but I think it was just better done.
1: Yeah, much better than the what was it the episode with like the nightmare creatures. Or like we thought it was a good episode up until the doctor was like, and I, I did it. Yeah, so exactly. I did the thing. I solved the problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, though I think, that, I think that's a Doctor Who trope, but it only bothers you when it's not well done. That's true. Like, not you personally, but us as viewers. Uh, I think a lot of things are probably like that in movies and television. Uh, I'm going to nitpick one thing. Uh, I could Because I did like the new Dalek weapon and the little Gatling gun kind of thing. Um, and every shot, boom, got They hit and boom, 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 real quick, they're dead. And then later, as we get in the middle of the episode, you know, all four of them are running down a hallway and a Dalek is there and misses with all of his shots, all four of these people. And it was very much like they reverted to stormtrooper shooting when just before they were, you know, a marksman. Uh, and I find that just... It just makes me roll my eyes, it makes me sigh, it makes me like, alright, you're not playing by the rules of your own world, and that annoys me tremendously.
1: Yeah, but I feel like there's there's not a, there's not a lot of other ways to do that. They're eventually, like, stormtrooper-ing needs to happen. I mean, I, I disagree. And they can't just kill them every time, and that's how you not kill them is having them miss the
0: choices aren't like miss uh, uh, a miss obvious shot b kill them and like that's it like there's a whole alphabet full of other choices you know something could have caused the missing it could have been a non-firing situation later in the episode they have it where they miss but the doctor is weaving in and out of other obstacles so you like you kind of buy that oh i can see how they would you know how, how she made it safely during that escape But four of them running down a hallway, their backs turned, and the Dalek's there and has plenty of time to shoot. One of them's going to get hit. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, there was another situation like that that bothered me. Where one time, like, their plan goes, like, horribly wrong. And I kind of like that point. The the Daleks did feel powerful in this. Like, the Dalek shoots the elevator thing and the elevator can't move. But then, like, the next time, it just, like, forgets to do that. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, it it could do that and win. Because
0: it shot the control panel, that first one, was like, oh, that was smart. Boom, elevator's gone, Daleks win. And the next one, she does, like, the door, which the Dalek could probably bust through with the laser. But, two, the Dalek doesn't shoot the thing again. It's the same elevator, right? I think so. It would have still worked. Yeah. But, again, these are small nitpicks compared to the large Tybnal nitpicks we normally have. that are not nitpicks. that are just like, it doesn't work. These are nitpicks, so that's a positive step.
1: Yes, Wow. So, I would I would argue this is a good episode. It's probably a top five Chibnall era episode.
0: Yeah, it is. It is, you know that may not be a positive thing overall to say, but yeah, it is. I like the episode. Go team! Yeah, go
1: go episode. Good episode.
0: Damn. And a little shout out to the mom of uh, the lady. I thought those uh, that kind of worked. Oh yeah, that was she fun. was good.
1: Although I did see one like funny comment about it, which I guess is true. And this goes the whole like how TV shows work with time constraints. That last one that's like a minute. That's supposed to be like a minute until midnight. Well, one like when did we decide that it ends at midnight? Like we're never really shown that. Like I was always under the impression like it ended when they died.
0: Yeah, the logic of the logic is that wasn't quite.
1: Made clear to us how that worked, but like, like, call me ten seconds to ten seconds to midnight. You mean like forty five seconds from now? <laughs> yeah. Like why? Oh, why, why don't I just stay on the line? Right. Because um, yeah, I guess
0: they needed the phone call for the ignition, right? Um. Yeah. So, bottom line, good episode. Lots of questions left unanswered from Flux to see how the last few ones will wind up. And I, I just want him to go out. I don't even need him to be good. I just need him to be as good as this. You know, just pretty good. Like, I, I don't expect him to knock it out of the ballpark. I just want to not groan very often during the last shows. And then we'll start things up. I don't know if you heard. Did you hear who the new showrunner was going to be? Uh, was, uh, no, no. I, I think I
1: missed that. Are you sure? I think you know. Is it, is it Russell T. Davies? It might be. It's Russell T. Davies. That's going to be so fun.
0: It is. So, like, tons of pressure on this dude <laughs> to bring it back. But as long as we don't go out on a horrible negative, I'll, I'll feel, you know, excited going back in with Russell T. Davies.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I have faith that it's not going to be awful, that it's going to be good. I, for one, I feel like I'm in the more minority on this, actually liked those last two episodes of The Flux. I was pretty happy with those. You know, you know there's certain the mass murder stuff still a little bothers me as clear, but overall I really enjoyed those episodes and I, I thought, I thought the flux as a whole, I think I uh, would give a thumbs up to. Do you think genociding the Daleks is a bad
0: thing? Like, where do you like
1: morally? I I want, you know, Again, they are like space Nazis, and they don't have any problem with, like, killing real Nazis, so why would I have problems killing fictional Nazis? I, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I feel a little resistance to you on it, and I'm, I'm just curious where that comes from.
1: Resistance to... Because
0: genocide generally is a bad thing.
1: Right? I, yeah, but, like, the, the Daleks, too. <laughs> and they want
0: to take over the entire world, entire universe, and genocide everybody else who doesn't look like them. That is, that is who they are. Like, it's a very easy, they're a straw man villain, you know? <laughs> They don't have a whole lot of like redeeming f- values.
1: No, I guess that's what makes them so, such a staple of Doctor Who. Right. I don't know, but like, so does like every other alien race. Like, just wants to take over in <laughs> Doctor Who. <laughs> At least the villains. The, yeah, the villains. It, it is interesting. I, I, yeah, no, no, I guess Genocide in the Dogs is not okay. But like, for such a, such a pacifist character in the doc, right? and there's a character who's supposed to be the pacifist and has shown ability to do bad things. I don't know, but I guess, I guess I think it was the difference in tone. Like, it wasn't seen as like, alright, I'm about to do this bad thing or a thing that's unlike me of, or unlike who I think of myself as when I kill these millions of people. It was kind of like, I'm saving the day! Woohoo! Like, I don't know, it wasn't seen as like, I don't think the episode portrayed that as, like, a thing of...
0: It was just black and white. There was importance. no gray area to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, like, maybe, I don't know, if a Dalek was, like, coming after... Like, if I was like, oh, my God, that's a Dalek right out the window. I I, you know, I don't think I'd be bothered by killing it or killing thousands of it. Of
0: course, yeah. No, of course not. It was attacking
1: you. I mean, you know. It's true. I guess it, it was kind of attacking them. I mean, they were retreating from the flocks I I don't know it's 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 a difficult moral quandary I mean is it really I mean their whole thing is like mass murder I don't think it's really all that (laughs) it's not that that morally bad to kill a bunch of Daleks
0: right but it does add up to again we talked about this more in um, you know with Tenet and Matt Smith you know just all the killing and the damage that you know the doctor has done over the years which has been a lot
1: um Anyways, but I right. always seem to regret that. Right. Well, while like thirteen seems to just be a little like shrugging it off kind of, but yeah. gee, when the past is coming back to me thing, I don't know. I think that kind of fixes it.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I
1: think so too. Uh, any any interesting predictions? The next episode deals. The next special deals with uh, the sea devils.
0: No, see, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not familiar with the Sea Devils. You were saying that's an old Who uh, villain.
1: Yeah, they are old. They are an old Who villain. I, I kind of think of them, and I really know nothing about them. Their last appearance is like in the '80s. I think they began in, with the Third Doctor. But they're like ocean Silurians. I kind of my my imagination of them is kind of like that.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, I have no idea. I have no predictions. I know we've got to. Um, satisfy these like kind of hints and prophecies or whatever that have been made out there. cyber
1: lords cyber lords you know cyber there's gotta be lords. something going
0: on yeah um do you, so do we'll you see. think
1: do you think the cyber lords have any chance of returning yeah i do they're I mean, kind of fun what if like the master is like i mean something man he's clearly escaped like the destruction of all life on gallifrey So maybe, like, he's got, like, one Cyberlord with him that he's using to defend, because they are supposed to be, like, the ultimate killing machine, like every other thing, and every other killing machine is the ultimate killing machine.
0: Yeah, you gotta kind of bring, you gotta bring him back up, right?
1: I would think so. I mean, have people had such, like, a vitriolic reaction to them?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. But, I'll be along for the ride. And we will talk about it. Yes. Uh, anything else we want to say about this episode? Do you have any predictions?
1: I don't know. But it's interesting that with it being the Sea Devils, and I think it takes place, uh, it's another, like, period piece back in time episode, that, it, that feels like another one that won't really be dealing with the ramifications of the Flux, if it's like, we're on Earth still.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. So another smaller smaller episode than the larger
1: no, which hopefully means the episode will be better, or, or or better than, you know, a Chibnall average. Right. But, I don't know, I am, we do have a limited amount of time to see what's going, like, will we'll, we'll, the second Davies era be dealing with the ramifications of the Flux as well? Like, are we gonna, is it all over? Are we done with that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to see. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, thanks for watching this uh, episode. Yeah, watching it. I thanks assume for
1: about it. Oh you you were talking about the episode Well, I thought I you were. <laughs> I talking to the audience, like where yeah. are they? <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you for listening. Uh, we will keep you up on on our
1: when's the next Doctor's spring, you said? Uh yeah, spring.
0: All right, it's so not too low. And uh, we'll be forward to actually seeing our anticipated movies. Yep, uh, Nicholas Cage is
1: and uh, the Bob the belchers and the Batmans and the the Jordan Peels.
0: That's right. Of the world. It'll be fun. Uh, thank you so much for listening, uh, audience members. And uh until we meet again, data Dago Homie. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Blanc. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit Pinecone turkey latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts, and sign up for the Flock email, a a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.